Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, my very first W-2 job came when I was 13 years old. I was working at a local grocery store, sweeping the parking lot and emptying the trash a couple days a week after school. I would just ride my bike by. And uh, my mom was the bookkeeper at this grocery store, and the owners were family friends. So they let me come by and work a few hours and, um, you know, clean up the parking lot and do things like that just randomly, and they'd pay me cash. Then they sold the business. And I didn't know what to do. In fact, I've told this story before on long-term care radio, but I just didn't honestly know what to do. It's like they sold the business and I was coming back on my bicycle and I thought, well, I'm just going to show up and empty the trash and do what I do. So that's what I did. And the new owner took a liking to me and offered me a job. He, he hired me and said, yeah, you know, I'd like you to work uh, after school. He talked to my mom. My mom said, yeah, that's fine. And so he gave me a job with um, a schedule of about 20 hours a week. So I'd work on the weekend and then a couple hours after school. And this was like in May. I had just turned 13. And so I had about a month of school left. And then once school was out, he offered to pay me, you know, said you can go up to 40 hours a week because, you know, he, he said I can use the help and you can work up to 40 hours as long as it's okay with your parents. And my parents were like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. So my initial responsibility was to come in and clean up the meat market. That was the first thing they taught me to do because they had a little butcher shop in the back and, you know, that break beef down and do all these different things. You'd get like hanging beef, like a quarter, quarter beef at a time and break it down and stuff. Um, but my responsibilities quickly grew. And after a few years of working at that grocery store, I just I truly was a seasoned veteran. I, I was fully trained butcher, uh, break down quarter beef. I'd fill up the entire meat market. You know, I could run the whole meat market. That wasn't a problem at all. They passed on a frozen food section to me, which said, hey, you know, you have to order this. And you got to remember back in the day, this is the grocery store. We were doing everything manually. This was before the Internet. So you had this book and you'd go through and you'd write everything down and then you'd call and get it ordered. And uh, AG was the food supplier for this grocery store. And then that send a truck down twice a week and you'd stock your shelves and off you went. And so my responsibility was the, the frozen food section. I will just tell you a little side note here. We had every single frozen dessert available, like all those Pepperidge Farm cakes and those chocolate eclairs. I was just, I loved it. And even the owner was like, wow, our dessert section is really growing. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it was my favorite thing. So on my 16th birthday, um, they gave me the keys to the store. They gave me the combinations to the safe, and I was opening and closing the store on the weekends and some weekdays, depending on what my schedule was like. And they had like a 7 to 3 shift, and then they had a 3 to 11 p.m. shift, and so you'd get one of those shifts. But back when I got that job, I went from getting a few dollars cash every once in a while from the owners of the store to the new owners actually hired me and you know put me on the payroll. And I still remember my starting pay was $3.05 an hour, and I was thrilled. I mean, that was real money to me. And I quickly did the third grade math, and I figured out, okay, I'm going to make $122 every payday, which was every two weeks. And then once I was out of school in the summer, I'm going to make $122 or $200. $144 every payday. And I was like, oh, this is just awesome. So let's go back to the very first two weeks when I started that job, when I was, I was showing up and I was punching in the time clock and I was just patiently waiting for my first check. And honestly, like most 13 year old boys, I had a long list of things that that money was going to get spent on. I mean, there was no shortage of places that I could spend that money. And I'd already had a good list in my head. So when I got my first paycheck, I opened it up and my stomach turned. My $122 that I had pretty much already had spent in my mind somehow had been whittled down to just over $90. And I looked at that and I said, wait a second, I'm not making $3.05 an hour here. I'm making like $2.25 an hour. You know, I, I've been robbed. What's going on here? So when I got home and I showed my mom the check, she just laughed at me and set me down at the kitchen table and just basically taught me about taxes. This is how it works. Welcome to the big league, son. 
So, you know, we've as adults now have pretty much learned that taxes are just a fact of life. And most people sadly don't think too much about them or they don't think enough about their taxes. In fact, when I was originating mortgages, you know, I was always fascinated at how many people had no clue on how much money they actually made, like what they were actually getting paid. What they what I mean by this is they, they knew what they deposited, they knew what their net take home pay was, but they weren't sure of how much money they were actually paying and how much in taxes they were actually paying. And we'd always get people, you know, uh, we qualified them off of gross income for a loan, not your net. So if you're making fifty thousand dollars a year, that's your salary, that's what we would use, not the the thirty seven thousand dollars that's your take home pay. So a lot of people just knew what they lived off of. They knew what was deposited in their check, and especially now with direct deposits, that's all all everybody thinks about. They see, well, I get X amount of dollars that shows up every two weeks. That's what I make. And a lot of people are just, you know, they're simply happy at the end of the year if they get a tax refund. Somehow that seems like some kind of bonus, like the government is giving me money back, hip, hip, hooray. But, you know, that's just not what it is. And in fact, if we just randomly went out and tested Americans, the majority of them would fail a basic quiz on how taxes work and just how much of our earnings go to pay taxes. Most people really aren't familiar with the current tax brackets for income taxes or when they move into a new one. They don't even know how many different tax brackets are. I mean, to you, there's, there's 10%, 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, and 37. And most people don't know that. And so also, it's just not income taxes. There's all kinds of other taxes that we're paying, too. There's a lot of other taxes like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid taxes. A lot of people, like my son, was driving for, for one of these DoorDash company type things where you eat it out or you, you, know, you order food and he takes it out. Well, he's getting paid 1099. He's basically self-employed, contract employee. What he doesn't know is that not, you know, regardless of, of how much money he makes, he's still going to owe tax because he's got to pay that Social Security tax. And it's just not that, you know, seven and a half percent that you gets taken out of your paycheck. It's the seven and a half cents percent the employer pays. So there's a lot of little nuances like that, that I just think a lot of people don't know about. And oh, by the way, what about your state? Does your state have an income tax? 41 of them do. 41 states in this country have an income tax. So as a general rule, there's a gap or a lack of knowledge on what taxes are, what taxes we pay, and how they affect us. And this carries over to retirement as well. What is the difference between tax-deferred and tax-free? You may very well understand this, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't understand this, the difference between tax-deferral and tax-free. Ed Slott, you know, he's a CPA that does a lot of press and writes books, and you see him on TV every once in a while, and he's got his own little company out there, um, writes books about this. And he's got a brand new book out there that I would really recommend that you you consider reading if you're you know in retirement or you're getting ready to move into retirement. And the title of the book is The New Retirement Savings Time Bomb. Again, the title is The New Retirement Savings Time Bomb by Ed Slott. And he really just goes into detail on how many people will pay unnecessary taxes and more taxes than they need to during the retirement years and how this really affects them. Truthfully, I don't think anyone enjoys paying taxes. I, I mean, I'm sure maybe there is somebody out there that kind of gets their jollies off of paying taxes. I've never met that person. I mean, for most of us, we want to limit the amount of tax we pay, and we want to avoid paying unnecessary taxes because that's just money that we're flushing away. That's not money that's coming back to us. As we move into retirement, it's even more crucial to understand how taxes play a role. We go from earning income and saving to relying on our savings to provide the income that we need. And for most of us, the majority of our income will come from two distinct sources, and both are taxable. And again, we're talking about as we move into retirement. The first is going to be Social Security income. Many people don't understand how taxes work on this. A lot of people don't understand that Social Security is actually taxable. So the way it works is individuals with income over $25,000 and married couples with income over $32,000 combined will pay tax on their Social Security. Up to 50% of their Social Security will be taxed if you're an individual making twenty five to 34000 A married couple making thirty two to 44000 in retirement will pay tax on up to 50% of their Social Security. Now, that married couple, as soon as you go over 44000 guess what? 
85% of your Social Security income is subject to taxes. And for an individual, that bar is set at 34000 So if you're making more than 34000 a year as an individual, you're going to be paying tax on up to 85% of your Social Security. Now remember, 12 states also tax Social Security income to varying degrees. Colorado, Connecticut, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Mexico, Rhode Island, Vermont, Utah, and West Virginia. If you retire in one of those states, your Social Security is going to be subject to a state tax as well. So remember, Social Security income is taxable, and it's based on your total income levels from all sources. I've got to squeeze in a quick break here, but when we come back, let's talk about the other source that people pull income from in retirement and how it's taxed. I'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family, and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you repositioned some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. Um, If you just tuned in or you're new to Long-Term Care Radio, we are live on several stations every weekend, but our podcast is put out there every single week. We put a new show out, and you can subscribe and download that podcast at 525longtermcare.com. Again, that's 525longtermcare.com. And also, you just heard the ad for our upcoming classes. We have two live classes next month. And that's going to be, the first one is going to be on Saturday the 11th and the following Thursday the 16th. The Saturday is an a.m. kickoff. So we kick that off at 8 a.m. West Coast time, 9 a.m. Mountain time. And then the Thursday class is an afternoon class. So that's going to be a 4 o'clock kickoff Mountain time. It's going to be a 3 o'clock kickoff West Coast time. You can uh, get that schedule. We do a couple live classes every single month, and it's just a great way for you to kind of learn about all these things. We talk about how long-term care planning works, what your options are, the difference between the different types of plans, and then a little bit about the process of how you can put a plan in place. So again, those classes are available at 525longtermcare.com. So today we're talking about taxes and specifically how taxes play a role in our retirement years. We just mentioned Social Security. 
and how it's taxable for most people in the amount that it's going to be, you know, either 50% of it's taxable or 85% of it's going to be, uh, of your benefits are going to be subject to tax based on your income level. Now, just about everybody, not quite everyone, but just about everyone in retirement does get Social Security income, and this is one of the main sources of income in retirement. The second most popular source of income in retirement is withdrawals from retirement accounts. So we're talking things like a 401k, 403b, an IRA, a SEP IRA, deferred comp, pensions, even annuities. All of those things have one thing in common. They're taxable when you receive the income. That's taxable as income tax. So these are called tax-deferred accounts, accounts that have been growing, hopefully, during our working years, that we do not have to pay taxes on while we're working, but we instead trade that benefit to grow that tax-deferred. So when we pull that money out, we have to claim that income that we pull out and pay taxes on it. But when we do take it out, remember, it's income tax. It's not a capital gains tax. So if I buy a stock and I just hang on to it and then I sell that stock down the road, that's a capital gains tax. That's going to be a lower tax rate. But deferred retirement accounts, those accounts that we're using to pull that money out of our IRAs and things, that is going to be taxed as income. So that's going to have a direct effect on our adjusted gross income, which again is going to affect our social security and in the total taxes that we pay. Now let's pause here for just a second. What's adjusted gross income? Um, what adjustments can we make to our income that affects adjusted gross income? I mean, basically the adjustments you can make are education expenses, student loan interest, alimony payments, or the biggest one for the vast majority of us today that are working are contributions to a retirement account. That lowers our adjusted gross income. So we earn $100,000 we put $10,000 into a retirement account along the way, well, our adjusted gross income is $90,000. My point is, for most people in retirement, we don't have a lot of adjustments to our income because, number one, we're just not contributing to our retirement accounts anymore. We stop working. We start pulling out of those retirement accounts. So that is a big thing to consider. And the other thing, keep in mind, most of us have your mortgage paid off, your kids are gone, there's not a lot of deductions either. And so this is why you have to be very aware, like what Ed Slot says, is the income that you're pulling into retirement and how the taxes are going to affect you. Because we don't have a lot of deductions. We don't have a lot of adjustments to our income at that point. So why are we focusing on this today? Why are we talking about taxes on the Long-Term Care Radio podcast? Well, I touched on this last week. Long-term care situations cause financial issues because they are an income problem, not an asset problem, meaning the financial problems that come with an extended care situation are caused by a lack of income, not a lack of assets. So when your income is less than you need to pay for care, you're put in a situation where you have to convert additional assets to income, and guess what happens? You pay taxes when you convert those assets to income. If you're selling out more money out of your IRA, well, your adjusted gross income just went up. If you're selling stocks or you're selling real estate, guess what? Now you're paying capital gains taxes. So again, that's going to affect your income. It's going to affect the amount of taxes that you pay overall. And the takeaway here is that you have to remember this. In an extended care situation, income pays for care, not assets. So you can have all the assets in the world, but if you don't have enough income to pay that caregiver, that caregiver services, you've got to start converting those assets to income because you just don't have the money in the bank. So that's where you pay the taxes, and that's where the hit, what they call the hidden taxes come in. Now, for a lot of people, the largest asset by far that they have is their retirement account. Money in a retirement accounts are taxable when you take that money out. It's taxable as income. So again, there's multiple rates of, of, of taxes. 10, 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, and 37. Again, those are the tax rates from the IRS. As you make more income, you're moving up into higher tax brackets. But not only is your tax liability going to go up when you start pulling out excess money out of retirement accounts or selling off assets, your tax rates on Social Security can increase, especially if you're in a state with that taxes that Social Security that I mentioned. 
Also, you got to remember Medicare. Medicare can go up. Medicare has multiple different ranges what they charge. So there's actually six different categories. It's going to range from $165 to $560 a month. I mean, think about that. That's a $400 spread in there. So you could go from paying $165 from your Medicare costs. You could somebody's out there paying $560 a month for that same Medicare cost. So that's another hidden tax. Your capital gains, think about that. That's also based on income. So capital gains can be zero, can be 15%, they can be 20%. So as we move up in income, there's another tax that's going to go up along the way. And here's one that's really sinister. I don't think a lot of people even remember this, but when the Obamacare was was basically shoved upon us, one of the taxes they put out there was an additional 3.8% capital gains tax, and this tax is simply based on income. If you're an individual making more than $200,000 in a year, you pay an additional 3.8% on capital gains tax. So that's you selling stocks, selling real estate, anything like that. And if you're a couple... $240,000 a year, you're going to pay that additional 3.8% tax. So again, you bought stock, you held on to it. That's what you're going to use in your retirement years. That's what you're going to use for extended care situation. Well, guess what? Now you're going to pay some additional taxes. You'll pay the 20% capital gains tax. You'll pay another 3.8% capital gains tax if you're just liquidating your Walmart stock or your Microsoft stock. So, you know, why am I talking about this so much today? It's, it's really because one of the most overlooked advantages of having an extended care plan or what we call long-term care insurance is the tax savings. Long-term care insurance has multiple advantages. And at the very top of that list, you have to remember, it's a tax-free bucket of money. It's tax-free income to pay for the care that you need in a time of need. Now, not only does it come back to you tax-free it doesn't affect your adjusted gross income. It doesn't affect your Social Security tax. It doesn't affect your capital gains rate. It doesn't change your Medicare costs. Again, that's why I describe long-term care insurance as a bucket of cash. Because what we're doing is we're setting up this source of money. And the government said, you know what? When you use that source of money, that's not considered income. That's just tax-free money to you to pay for care. So that's just something that you have to really focus on, and that's kind of where the name of 525 Advisors came from. 525 is an IRS tax publication titled Taxable and Non-Taxable Income. And inside there, they have a whole chapter on long-term care insurance contracts and how they work and the advantages of them and how they don't affect your taxes in any other way. So when we think about long-term care insurance, there's a lot of features that you're just not going to get anywhere else. Number one, you're going to get those tax savings because, again, that money's coming back to you tax-free. But you also get your guaranteed leverage. And what do I mean by that? that? That means that right now today, if I open up a plan, I can turn a dollar into $3, or I can turn a dollar into unlimited amount of dollars for tax-free long-term care, depending on how I design that plan. That starts the day you take that out. You're not waiting for an investment to grow. You're not hoping that the market does okay. You're not worried about what interest rates are doing. So you get that immediate leverage. And also you get a discount. That's another way to look at the leverage. The leverage just says, hey, here's a coupon book. Here's an automatic discount. Instead of you having to pay $1.25 or $1.35 for a dollar of care, you can pay $0.33. Cents maybe 25 cents. It just depends on your situation, how long you're in care. And what I mean by that is if you're selling IRA money and you're in a higher tax bracket, you might have to sell a dollar thirty-five worth of your IRA to net out that dollar to pay the caregiver. If it's capital gains and you're just selling stock, well, guess what? You got to sell a dollar twenty-five of that Microsoft stock to net out that dollar so that you can pay your caregivers. So the leverage gives us an automatic discount. We're not paying full retail price plus tax, which is what you're doing when you're trying to self-insure and you're trying to use investments to pay for that. And the biggest advantage by far when we look at these new plans that are out there today, like I say, they're just a better way to self-insure because not only do they give you the leverage, they give you the tax savings, they give you the guarantees, but they're also going to pay you back if you don't use them. And that's really the whole idea behind long-term care radio podcasts is to educate you on these new programs that not even a lot of advisors and CPAs and attorneys are truly aware of. Now, Ed Slaw in his book, Retirement Savings Time Bob, 
you know, guess what? He's very aware of that. And he talks about it all the time about how we have to turn money that's always taxable, like IRA money, into money that is never taxable. And that's going to be things like long-term care insurance or life insurance to be passed on to the next generation. He has chapters in his book about that because, again, those are the hidden taxes that we're not really thinking about. Hey, I need to take a quick break, but stick around. I'm going to get really amped up at the client of the week here in a minute. I'm just going to tell you right now because I'm going to introduce you to Keith and Connie. It's our client of the week. I'm going to show you how we set up an asset-based plan that is going to provide them lifetime long-term care benefits, pay their estate back 68% more than they put into the plan if they never use it. And oh yeah, it's going to save them over $100,000 in income taxes along the way. I'll explain all this when we get back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back to the Long-Term Care Radio Podcast. And if you're new or you just heard part of this, you can always download and subscribe our podcast at 525longtermcare.com. Again, 525longtermcare.com. You'll also get information there for all of our live classes. We do a couple of those every month. And um, it's just a great way. We get a lot of feedback from our clients and the people that go to this. And so we know it's important. That's why we continue to do them. So, again, 525longtermcare.com. We'll really just uh, open up, you know, sign up for a class or get the podcast, whatever you need to do. And there's lots of information on our website about all these things we talk about as well, too. Now, today we're talking about taxes in retirement and how many people underestimate the degree taxes play a role and what a dent that can put in your nest egg. Long-term care insurance benefits are tax-free, and we just touched on that, but there's also something else very unique about long-term care insurance. You can get some tax deductions on the front end when you are paying for a plan, and it doesn't change the benefit when you go on claim, meaning that, you know, like think about health insurance. If you're a business owner, you can deduct health insurance, but they don't say, well, you got to claim that money as taxable income when they use it to pay a bill. Well, long-term care works the same way. Life insurance, disability insurance, those insurance don't work that way. If you're deducting the premiums of disability insurance like a business owner is for its employee, and that employee becomes disabled, then the income is taxable. If you have your own disability policy and you're just paying it out of your net money or a life insurance policy, you're paying that out of your net take-home, then the benefits are tax-free to the estate or tax-free when you go on claim of its disability. Well, long-term care insurance works like health insurance in the sense that we can get some tax deductions. It depends on your situation. There's not a lot for just individuals out there. I mean, we can use a health savings account up to the IRS limits. But for business owners, there are some great advantages to being able to set up a long-term care insurance plan and deduct some of the premiums. And I have a wonderful example of it this week, and that's Keith, who is 54, and Connie, who is 50. They have three children. Two of them are out of college, and one is just currently finishing up college. They own a business, and they're starting to make an exit strategy. So what they're really looking at is saying, you know, we're going to work at least five more years, maybe 10, but that's kind of where we're at. We want to get out of this, and so we're trying to get all of our ducks in a row, getting our kids through school. And one of the items they really wanted to look into and investigate was long-term care insurance planning. Their concerns were pretty straightforward. Connie's mother is in the middle of a long-term care situation. They just had to move her into a memory facility because she has dementia. And so this is just right, you know, right up front for Connie. And she says, man, I am living this. I've been going through this for years now, and I see what it does. She's also worried about the fact that, you know, her mother's situation was so complex and, you know, they made mistakes along the way. And she admits that. One of the key things you need to know that if you have dementia and people that have dementia, what happens when you try to move them? So you're, you're taking care of them at home. You're trying to keep them in a familiar place. And then it gets to a point where they can't be in that home anymore. It becomes very difficult to move them. That transition is much more difficult. I've got a very good friend that's just going through this and he's seeing that firsthand. 
So she looked at that and she said, you know, one of the mistakes we had, we, we were not able to get her comfortable and get her in a facility early enough. And so when we did finally transition her because we couldn't take care of her and provide her the care she needed and it wasn't safe, it just became a very, very difficult task. So she was worried about that. Now, Keith is the youngest of four children. He watched both of his parents go through an assisted living facility where they spent their final years. They both had a small long-term care insurance policy, which covered most of their care. And their pension and their Social Security covered all their costs. And so he said, you know, financially it wasn't a burden, but my parents had planned. So he saw that part of it. So we're, you know, compare and contrast. Keith has said, yeah, you know, I got lucky. I was the youngest of four kids. My parents were quite a bit older, but they had long-term care insurance, and it wasn't really a hassle for me. Connie, on the other hand, is dealing with her sister, trying to get her mom taken care of, and they've just been fighting this for years. So they're seeing how hard that is. And so that's really what got them into looking into long-term care. Um, They didn't want to be a burden on their kids, of course, which is probably the number one thing that most of my clients will say. And they wanted a plan that would really help them out in a time of need. Connie had been listening to our podcast. She had heard about the concierge service, the different way that these companies react and the benefits that they provide. And she said, you know what? That is number one priority priority for me right there. She goes, I don't, you know, I don't have kids that are in the medical background and just trying to manipulate, you know, go through all the paper and manage all the paper. She said it was just very frustrating. So that was something that she really wanted. Here's what we found out about Keith and Connie when we sat down and started designing a plan with them. Number one, they own a manufacturing business that was taxed as a C corporation. And this is key. So C corporation, not S, not partnership, but a C corporation. They planned on selling the business. None of their kids wanted to take over the business. And so they thought, well, yeah, we'll probably just sell it. Um, hopefully, you know, when they're ready, if they can get it, get the offer that they're looking for. Both were in good shape physically. So we had a lot of options. We didn't have any any restraints on the, on the underwriting, which was nice. They had some retirement accounts set up. They had some cash savings. The vast majority of their wealth by far was in their business, like so so the, the net worth of the business. But again, that's not a very liquid asset, right? We were talking about liquidity um, a couple weeks ago on the show, or just last week, actually. And so, you know, the business itself, yeah, that's an asset, but it's not real liquid. But that's where the majority of their wealth was. They owned their home, and they probably thought they would age in place, but they weren't, you know, they weren't gung-ho on that because they said, look, we've got kids. They're going all over the place. If they settle someplace else, we might consider moving closer to our kids or if we have grandkids or something like that. But in theory right now, they would like to be able to just age in place and stay in their house. Here's what they wanted from a long-term care plan. They wanted a plan that would support them. And number one, help them manage a claim. Again, that was Connie's hot topic. I want that 800 concierge service. I want somebody to really guide me. She says, I want that travel guide that you talk about. And I'm like, okay. So she was adamant about that. She understood from her mom's situation that not all facilities will accept you if you have severe dementia. So again, she said, like, I am really looking at a plan that's catastrophic, that I can turn on early, and that I can get into a facility if I need to before they deny me. And what she's talking about on this is a lot of places will not accept people like assisted living facilities if you come in and you're severely demented. It's just too much for them. They cannot manage that situation. But what they will do is they'll allow you to move in early. And then if you become demented, they a lot of times will allow you to stay there. Because what they find is if you come in with severe dementia, it's we had someone like this in my grandmother's assisted living facility down in Alamosa. He was a he was a farmer and he was, you know, in his sixties and he was relatively fit and he just kept trying to go home. He was not gonna stay in this facility regardless, you know, and he did things like tie sheets together and go out the third floor window. So they really that's where you see these special memory clinics popping up. And so if someone's severely demented but they're physically fit, a lot of facilities just say we don't have the manpower to manage that. We 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 can't do that. So she was really worried about that. So she wanted something with a catastrophic coverage that would allow her to get the care early on and allow her to move into a facility early on someplace that would accept her. They wanted a plan that would pay the estate back if they didn't use it. I'm like, okay, that's great. And they really wanted a good company. And this is something they've listened to, again, the podcast a lot. And I said, yeah, you know, not all companies are created equal. That was one of the most common mistakes people made is they go out and buy these traditional plans years ago. 
They'd spreadsheet six of them side by side, and someone would just simply pick the lowest premium without doing any research on the company or how they managed their claims or what kind of services they provided when you are on claim. And folks, I will tell you right now, insurance, I don't care what kind it is, it's only important when you need it. That's what it boils down to. So you want to make sure that you're with a good company, and that is something that they brought to the table. I said, absolutely, I, I fully understand that. In fact, a little side note, I mean, that's why I'm in the business. I was trying to get a plan for my mom, and I just got so frustrated. I thought, well, I'm going to go back in and do the research and make sure I know a good company from an okay company from a bad company. So here's what we did for them. We, we designed a very robust plan, which provided them with the largest benefit that we can curl and get. Um, this was something that was important to um, Connie. We, we talked about inflation and no inflation. And again, you can put inflations, which grow your benefit over time, or you can just start with a larger benefit, meaning that I could start with $10,000 today and put 3% inflation on it but it's going to take me 24 years for that 10000 to grow to 20000 or I can just take $20,000 right out of the gate. And the advantages of that is you have more money right up front. Number two, you also protect the amount that's going to be returned back to the estate if you don't use your long-term care. So again, that's up for a different show, but we, we basically went out and designed the most robust plan that we can without the inflation rider on that. And that number is going to vary. So they've got a plan that's going to pay them $240,000 a year per person. So think about this. $20,000 a month for for um, Connie, $20,000 a month for Keith. And so the, th- the idea there is that if they're both on claim, they're pulling out $40,000 a month out of this plan, and it's not limited. So it's a bottomless bucket of money. So again, lifetime coverage. This is the same type of plan that I have. So that $20,000 a month for life is their long-term care benefit. It has the concierge claim support that Connie wanted. And what that simply means is that when they go on claim, there's going to be somebody from the insurance company that's assigned to them. They're going to have a direct line to that person, direct contact person. That person, again, think of them as the travel guide. They speak your language. They speak the facility language. They speak the long-term care services language. They speak Medicare language. They understand the nuances of these extended healthcare situations and they're there to help guide you and your family. And this is there's not a charge for this. This is the service that this company provides because they're mutually owned, which means you own them as a client and they're A-plus rated and this is what they do. They've been doing it for over 30 years. So she really liked that idea. Now, here's the thing. If they don't use this plan, we're going to get to the funding in a second. So they got $240,000 per person per year for life. If they don't use their plan, $667,000 is paid back to the estate tax-free. Now, that's scheduled as a death benefit, so to speak. That's what the IRS is going to look at that as. That's why there's no taxes on that. But here's the cool thing about it. If they use less than 667, so just one person goes on claim for one year and they use $240,000, well, they'd get $427,000 paid back to the estate, still tax-free. Because again, they have at least $667,000 come back to the estate one way or the other, either long-term care benefits, tax-free death benefit, or if they need more than that, they're going to have unlimited lifetime long-term care benefit. They also get $40,000 for caregiver. That's a training benefit. So like, let's say that, like she said, she's diagnosed with Alzheimer's and Keith wants to take a class on Alzheimer's, how to manage her situation, a class on medication management for the kids, whatever it is. They'll pay up to $40,000 for that over the life of the policy. They'll give them $40,000. Again, this is two times their monthly benefit if you're just you're doing the math here. They get $20,000 a month of long-term care insurance, but they get $40,000 for home improvement or medical equipment. So that's things like a wheelchair ramp, a stair lift, grab handles, anything you need to make that home safe and secure for your long-term care journey. Things like intravenous pumps, an adjustable bed, something like that. So that's all built into the plan. They have international coverage. They can get $10,000 a month per person for up to 667000 internationally. They have full coverage in all 50 states. They have full coverage in Canada, all the territories of the United States. So very robust plan. But let's get down to the, the nuts and bolts of this because this is the best part about this plan. How did we fund it? Now, remember, the IRS calls these linked benefits. So just think of linking two buckets of money together. One is long-term care insurance. That happens to be deductible but for businesses. C-corporations are not limited to the IRS limits. And what I mean by that 
is if you're an S corporation, a sole proprietor, or you're uh, an employee with a health savings account, IRS says, yeah, you can deduct some long-term care insurance premiums based on your age. So, for instance, if you're 50 to 60 or 51 to 60, it's 1790 a year. If you're 61 to 70, it's $4,700 a year. So they set these limits, and those change every year. A C corporation is not subject to those limits. So they can write off technically anything that's reasonable is the way it's stated. But reasonable is what? Well, that's the premiums that the insurance costs because that's what it costs. So that's that's not unreasonable. So Keith and Connie own a business that is taxed as a C corporation. So this caught my eye right away and said, we want to take advantage of some of these tax benefits, these tax savings on the front end. Now, again, on an asset-based plan with this particular plan, part of this money that we're putting in is technically going to life insurance. Part of it is going to long-term care insurance. The long-term care insurance is what we need to be able to separate out if we're going to deduct that as a business. This particular carrier does that. They will separate out the premiums. They will do that every year so that you can get a full maximum write-off if you're a C-corporation for the long-term care insurance premiums. So here's how we did this. Now, remember, they're getting 667 back one way or the other, but they have lifetime long-term care of $240,000 per person or $480,000 a year total for unlimited amount of time. That's the benefit. That's the insurance. But how we funded that? We funded it with a single deposit of $262,000. So they just wrote a check right up front, deposited that with the insurance company, and they're going to make four payments starting in year two of $33,000. So they will put a total of $395,000 into this plan over five years. They're guaranteed to get $667,000 back. Now, let's break this down real quick here. What does the business get to pay? That very first year out of 262000 73000 of that gets to come directly from the business as a business expense. All right? So that's the tax write-off right there for them. Then the four annual payments to start in year two of $33,000 are paid by the business. 100% of that is a deductible expense for the business. So out of the 395000 they put into this plan... is going to be paid directly by the business as an expense. And by the way, Keith and Connie are in the 35% tax bracket. That's where their income level is right now. So what that means is that they would have to earn $320,000, pay tax on it to net out that $206,000 that they're going to pay to the insurance company. So think about that. That saves them over $100,000 in taxes, meaning if you're just an employee and you want this exact same plan, you'd have, you know, to put that $395,000 into the plan, that would be your, your, you know, after-tax money. That would be your take-home money. You've already paid your Social Security and your income tax on the gross wages. But because the business can write this off, that's technically going to save them over $100,000 on this plan right now. Now, when we look at this, folks, I mean, this is why I get so, you know, I stand up on my soapbox because financial advisors, great. You don't understand insurance, that's fine, but that doesn't mean you just sum it up by saying, oh, it's too expensive or I think you can self-insure. My clients here, Keith and Connie, have more than enough money to self-insure. That's, that's, not, the, that's not the question. It, it rarely is for these asset-based plans. These people are self-insuring already. Well, here's a better way to do it. Why is this better? Because they take $395,000, and guess what? If they don't use it, six sixty-seven gets paid back to the estate tax-free. That's 68% more money than they put into the plan is guaranteed to come back to the estate in either long-term care or a death benefit tax-free. It can be a combination of the both. They'll always get $667,000 out of this plan as long as they just don't go out and cancel it. So what they've done is they've repositioned some of their estate to protect the entire estate and also save on the taxes, save on the unnecessary taxes they're going to have to pay when they convert their other assets, whether it's capital gains tax or whether it's income tax. When they're converting those other assets to income, they're going to have to pay tax. So because they're a C corporation, if you're an LLC taxed as a C corporation, which is what I am, you get to write off 100% of the long-term care insurance premiums. There's no limits on those deductions, and that's what's really great. It's going to save them over $100,000 of taxes in the front end. It does not change it does not change the tax-free benefit of the long-term care benefit. That is key. 
So again, I knew I'd get excited. I went long on this, but I'm going to squeeze in my final break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you repositioned some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and we're back. And thanks again for tuning in to the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. Um, you can download and subscribe any of the past uh, podcasts at 525longtermcare.com. And also, if you subscribe, you'll get a nice little uh, text, a little notice there that when we download the new weekly uh, show. So we're going to be putting these shows together every week, and we try to do a new one every week as well, too. Um, again, classes coming up the 11th and the 16th. You're always going to hear me talking about those because I just think it's a great way to start. We believe in education. We're not going to sell you anything. You can't fill out an application. There's no uh, sign up today and get something special. We don't do any of that. The classes are just really there to educate you and you can ask questions and you're also going to learn some because other people ask questions too. And I will, you know, I'll let you know what those other questions are and answer those. And so that's really part of the learning experience. And again, the 11th and the 16th of February, next two classes, that's a Saturday and a Thursday. They're both the same. So you can just sign up for either one. We just try to mix up some times there to make it easy for everybody. And all that's available at 525longtermcare.com. So today we're talking about taxes. Um, and boy, I love that. I really do. I am just, you know, and I, like I said, read that book that Ed Slot put out there. Um, you know, um, a new um, long-term, or what is it? It's a retirement savings time bomb is what it is. Um, the, the latest book by Ed Slot. And I will just tell you that you have to really be aware in retirement of how taxes affect you. And one of the breakdowns at one of our advanced training classes I was out one time was we just went through this with the CPAs and really broke down. And I'm sitting there looking at a lot of people saying, you know, they're going to pay more in taxes than setting up a long-term care insurance plan would have cost them. That's just the truth. So you have to be very aware of that. And especially today, so many people are afraid to set up that long-term care plan because in their mind, they think they're giving up something. But you're not giving up something. Look at our client of the week. What did they give up? They repositioned $400,000. That's over five years they're going to reposition that money. They're guaranteed to get six sixty-seven back. But God forbid, if they need long-term care, they could both be on claim for 10 years, and they could pull out $5 million 
tax-free out of that long-term care insurance plan. That's why we get it. We're trying to insure against things going wrong. And statistically, married couple, 92% chance someone's going to use long-term care as an individual, 70% chance. So it just tells us the odds are stacked against us. It's one of the biggest risks we face in retirement. And it's also one of the most costly because of the hidden taxes and the fact that people don't have a defined tax-free bucket of money to pay for care. So they end up paying taxes and whittling down their estate. And it's just not an efficient way to do it. Your self-insuring already Asset-based plans just give you a better way to do it. Now, our client of the week in their 50s, you see a lot of our client of the weeks are in their 60s and their 70s. A lot of people will ask, well, when is the best time to get a plan? Could they have waited? Could Keith and Connie have waited? Well, yes, they could have waited. But here's the thing you need to understand. There's a huge advantage of getting a plan early. And number one, it's generally easier to qualify because you're usually in better health. It's going to be less expensive for the same coverage because, again, insurance is working off of actuarial tables, just like life insurance. Life insurance for a 20-year-old is a lot less expensive than for a 65-year-old because they just, they're looking at the time and the statistics and they understand all that. And you also have to understand you have immediate protection. A lot of people make that mistake, and it's a fallacy that long-term care is something when I'm in my 80s. So these financial advisors will say, well, you'll probably, you know, 85, you might spend two years on average in a nursing home. I think you've got enough money to cover that. They're looking at it completely wrong. A third of the claims in long-term care situations from insurance company point of view, people under age 65, a lot of those are accidents. A lot of those are sudden illnesses like cancer, things like that they'll heal up from. I had a 52-year-old that fell and broke her hip and got an infection, was on long-term care for about a year. We have a 62-year-old that was just diagnosed with ALS. She took her policy out at 59. My point is that there's immediate coverage. I mean, there's a case of a, of a senator that just uh, it, you know years ago slipped and fell and hit her head, and now she's in an assisted living facility. She's only 61 years old. So the idea of having a plan is if I go out and get in that car crash, and I have a spinal injury, guess what? I've got a lifetime benefit. I'm going to have an income stream coming in to help pay for care so I'm not becoming a burden on my family or whittling down my savings. So there's some huge advantages. The best thing for you to do is educate yourself. Start by coming to one of our classes. Continue to listen to the podcast. Download and subscribe at 525longtermcare.com. I'm going to get to work. I appreciate your interest. I will uh, start uh, working on next week's show and we'll be back. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com.